0: Advent season and the Advent season is celebrated uh, throughout the world in a lot of churches both Protestant and the Catholic Church Advent simply means coming and so it's, it's really a 40 day celebration before Christmas of celebrating and bringing in the, the coming of Christ celebrating and waiting for his second coming honoring and thinking about the first coming and thinking about his second return, which boy seems like it's getting close. And so that's what we, we have and boy, these got awful yellow. Try number one on that on that thing. That's a little bit wider. There we go. I felt like I was getting ill. Um and so that's what we, we're celebrating and there's four weeks that are are talked about each Sunday, four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And uh each week has a theme. And some, some churches celebrate them in different orders. If you go, on, go online, you find that there's different order. But um, we were celebrating the first week being hope. The second week, talking about love. Then the third week is joy. And the fourth week is peace. And these are just themes that we honor. The themes of, of the person of Christ and one another. Of how we can honor Christ. How we need to live in hope. How we need to live in love and understand the love of Jesus and uh, for us. And then the joy of his second coming. And finally, peace. And and again, they come in, in different different lines, but the peace that only God gives. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about both hope and love. And how this all ties into Christmas. I mean, Christmas is a huge celebration. All throughout the world. Christmas is celebrated in different forms and fashions. It represents, again, the importance of Jesus as, a, as our Savior, but it also says loudly that he was the most influential person who ever walked on this earth. There's over 2 billion believers in the world, people who subscribe to Christianity, who call themselves Christians, 2 billion people. Jesus coming into the world 2,000 years ago, split time, BC and AD. It was an amazing event. And that's what we celebrate and honor at Christmas time. That's what we should honor and celebrate at Christmas time. You know, we have a lot of interesting things that we do today that we kind of might wonder how does this tie in to Christmas? Where did this celebration or where does this part of the celebration come into? And when did Christmas get established? Questions like was Jesus really born on december twenty fifth always come up and there's a lot of theories and a lot of churches hold the different uh, dates of when he might have been born and when why december twenty fifth came into being and and some some come because the back in the the early couple first centuries they they thought that he was probably conceived. Just nine months before, on a special day, and and so there's just been all this talk, and so at some point, they chose the church fathers chose to put it on December 25th. Well, one of the one of the people that helped hap- uh, make that happen was Constantine. Constantine was a Christian, and we don't know if he was, was subscribed to Christianity as a kid. His mom was a Christian, but over the course of his life, he he began to favor more and more Christianity, and um, and Constantine uh, reigned, he was a Roman emperor, from 306 to 337. So that's a lot of years ago. And at the time, see, Christmas, the celebration of Christmas wasn't always Christmas, but there was always a December-January celebration. 4,000 years ago in Mesopotamia, they celebrated. They celebrated for a couple of weeks. It was a 12-day festival, beginning of each year, and, in, and it was called Zagmuth, and they would just celebrate for 12 days. Interesting, it was 12. We still have the 12 days of Christmas. Did that go in there in influence? Probably. In, in, uh, in ancient Rome, they celebrated something called Saturnalia. And it was to the god, god of Saturn. And they would celebrate um, a feast in December. It was December 1st until January. And, and in that celebration, they would hang garlands in their house. And they would put trees in their home and hang candles from them. And this was before Christ. And so ancient Rome had a celebration in this same time period. And so we saw that happening, and it, and it happened for hundreds of years. So when Constantine came on the, on the scene, there were already celebrations happening. It was a pagan society. And when Constantine came on the scene, he saw the people, they would celebrate these, the, the winter solstice as part of that. That time period. And they would celebrate in their pagan ways. And Constantine wanting to establish Christianity. He said we're going to mark December 25th. As the birth of Jesus. And we're going to celebrate his birth. He knew he, he knew that he couldn't take away their celebration. And so he refocused the celebration that was already happening. and And turned it into the celebration of the birth of Christ. And so ever since then. Ever since then, we've been celebrating it in or around that period. Now, there are some churches that celebrate it a little bit later. In, in some countries, they celebrate more rather than the, the exact birth of Christ or the date of his birth. They celebrate epiphany. And epiphany means, uh, it's a Greek word, and it stri- simply means a striking appearance. It's January 6th. We've seen it on the calendar. And I don't know if you've seen it and go, what the heck is epiphany? And so some countries still honor that as the big celebration of the birth of christ to this day so different days and for different time periods the church has been celebrating the advent the first coming of christ and they're still doing it in different ways throughout the world and there's so many interesting and sometimes wonderful and sometimes just interesting celebrations in the in the theme of of uh, of christmas in fact I, I believe it's in um in a specific city in brazil um on one of the, the holy days of Christmas, they roller skate to church. This just I don't know why that happens, but it does. In uh, in in Guatemala they eat chocolate tamales for Christmas. Yes, you you'll you'll make it one of these days for that well, Chocolate tamales. They taste horrible. Our first year in Guatemala when we lived there. You know we were we were definitely struggling missionaries. We had no money and and really, we actually, there was the, our first Christmas. we had no money and but we wanted to do the the traditional thing, and so we they buy not just chocolate tamales they buy uh, and they do them both in potato and in uh, in the masa they're very different than Mexican tamales. Um, so we went to, we asked which was the best tamale place, and we bought some meat tamales and some chocolate tamales and some other tamales, and we that was all of our money. We spent that for our, our Christmas Eve dinner, and we had nothing left, and we we uh, waited, we ordered them ahead of time and went and picked them up on Christmas Eve day and thought we would try to celebrate our traditional Christmas with that. and. And our Christmas tree was actually it was a rama. It was a branch. Our housekeeper says, "I'm going to get you a tree." And uh, in Spanish and our Spanish wasn't real good, and, and uh, she kept saying, "It's es, es, es una rama." I said, you know So, so she, she brought it to us, and it was a pine branch. It was about three pine branches with needles about nine inches long, and it, but it was just a branch with needles. So we had three of these sticking out of a pot, and that was our Christmas tree kind of hard to decorate it, it nothing, mean fell off, and it, it was definitely a Charlie Brown Christmas, so we were a little disappointed in the tree, we thought this is strange, and we missed our tree, and we said we're going to have a traditional tamale, Guatemalan Christmas Eve dinner, and so we're sitting at the table, and we all take a bite of the tamale, and couldn't swallow, it was horrible, and it was just, a, it was a bad night, and and you know, this was all of our money. We didn't know what to do and we're we're kinda of depressed and, and Shannon Shannon goes, You're gonna eat it. You're gonna eat it. This is our Christmas dinner. <laughs> so different places around the world they celebrate in different ways the birth of Christ and and they celebrate it and you know, over the years it has definitely changed. Um in the it it was established on on December 25th being the official day and again it would move around between the julian calendar or the gregorian calendar and all the things of of history that we know that it could change but it in the middle ages in the early middle ages it began to get established more and more um it was at the beginning was overshadowed by epiphany so they celebrated epiphany more and then it just began to grow um and then uh, in other countries, like even in Italy, it was, uh, it was more related with the pagan rituals of Saturnalia still, even though they were celebrating Christmas. Um, and it just began to grow prominent throughout the Middle Ages. Uh, and some of the kings, Charlemagne was crowned emperor on Christmas Day. Um, King Edmund the Martyr was anointed on Christmas Day. King William I of England, in, in 1066, he was crowned on Christmas Day. So, so rulers began to actually pick Christmas Day as special uh, holiday. So, Christmas began to be celebrated and looked at as a special day. But um, by the middle of the a little later in the Middle Ages, it began to be so prominent. But it also became very pagan, a lot of dancing and drinking and debauchery was connected with it throughout the middle ages. And we go, "Wow, that's our christmas and and so throughout the time it 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 was uh it it would go from uh honoring Christ and then to a festival like mardi Gras um even and where there was lewdness associated with this holiday period so and then it was a very Catholic. And it was, it was uh, so the Puritans, coming a little bit later, the Puritans wouldn't honor Christmas because it was so closely associated with Catholicism. So the early Puritans, when they first came to the United States, they wouldn't have anything to do with the holiday. Other groups also boycotted and outlawed Scotland because of their, their, their beliefs, outlawed Christmas. And until 1958, for over 300 years, it was outlawed in Scotland. And in 1958, they put it back on the calendar as an official holiday in Scotland. And so, even as the developing of, of, of England, or mostly the developing of this nation, we saw the, the rise of Christmas become something a little different. And um, some were shunning it because of its connections with the dancing and the lewdness. But in the eight, skipping forward a little bit. In the eighteen hundreds it was it, it had gone from some lewd, from lewdness. Then there was a time where the Protestant Reformation tried to change it to a time of repentance and so it became in the Christian Church a very somber holiday. it wasn 't joyous and festive, but it was was all about repentance and uh, and so it was kind of somber so in the eighteen hundreds it began to change, and it wasn't until the 1800s it began to pick up steam as more of a, a joyous holiday, though uh, there's a funny story that the police in New York City were s- established because of the over-celebrating of Christmas. That's how the police in New York City got started. They needed a crew because they were celebrating so much. That was, that was a long time ago. But so in the 1800s, um, who really the one who probably changed the celebration of Christmas to become a family. Joyous event was Charles Dickens in his famous story. When he wrote that, it began to actually f- shape Christmas, and the saying of, of of greeting people "Merry Christmas" was born from Charles Dickens. And so, from that moment, it began to become more of a family celebration. And giving of gifts w- happened in a lot of different times. Um, it started all the way back in Rome. Before it was Christmas, they would give gifts to family members. Is that why we give gifts? I'm not sure see as we as it developed, there were certain people that came on on the scene, and one of them that we're very familiar with is santa Claus and we go well where the where did Santa Claus come from? And we most of us know that that it was a guy named Saint Nicholas, and he was a bishop in Turkey, and he was the patron saint of children and of seafarers. And he had a love for kids. And he cared for the poor. And tradition has it that he would go and give gifts to the poor. And there's one one story that whether it's true or not, we're not sure, but that he actually would bring people along. And he would go into into the towns, into the poor people to give gifts. But he would take people along and they would establish whether they were deserving of a gift, whether they had behaved well, whether they had been naughty or nice. Because they would look forward to these gifts. And so he became a patron saint. The patron saint of children and seafarers. Saint Nicholas. And of course from that Santa Claus was born. And you go, well where, where did Santa Claus come from? Saint Nicholas Sinterklaas. From another language it was Saint Nicholas. Just spoken a little poorly, a little differently than we're used to. And so Santa Claus gets his name actually from Saint Nicholas. Nicholas. And so so the giving of gifts began also do we know did it come from Rome or did it come from Saint Nicholas who would give gifts? I, I think there was a lot that were working together and establishing that. So Dickens comes in the eighteen hundreds and he and he writes that famous play that we know and we love so much and and it established a different feeling behind Christmas, that of, of giving and caring for the poor and loving. And it began to grow. This is just in the 1800s. In 1860, 14 states, only 14 of the states established a state holiday for Christmas. And it wasn't until 1870 that it became a national holiday. So in in fact, at the beginning of the founding of the nation, when we were at war, we actually uh, had a war with Germany. A, a, a skirmish with Germany on Christmas, knowing that they would be wanting to celebrate, and we took it. Took it. Washington took advantage of that because we didn't celebrate Christmas widely, even at the birth of our nation. And so, in the 1800s, it it, it begins to pick up steam, and and we see the the rise of the Christmas that we know a little bit more today. The Puritans began to allow the celebration of Christmas because they had boycotted it. They didn't want anything to do with it. By 1864, there was a church in Illinois. that says, although of genuine Puritan stock, they are preparing for a grand Christmas jubilee. So they begin to give in And Christmas is born here in this nation. And it goes on even through the early 1900s, the 20th century, and that's when Santa Claus is, is born, in the way that we know him today. And who's ever heard the story that Santa Claus's costume was derived by Coca-Cola? Did you ever hear that one? That's an urban urban legend. They did they did exploit him in nineteen twenty, I think nineteen twenty six. But uh as they began to talk about the Saint Nicholas Sinterklaas they would uh, there was a, an artist in the 1800s who began to draw his clothes and it went from bishop's robes to the traditional fluffy red and white and but coca-cola i think put the final nail in the coffin that santa claus wore red and white you can go back into the early 1920s and find santa claus's uniform and 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 so we see the development of this christian holiday the birth Of Jesus Christ. Even changing. The good. Into highlighting Santa Claus. Not what Saint Nicholas did. And why he did it. And we get the Chris Kringle. And you go where did Chris Kringle come in in all of this. Because if you follow Santa Claus. That his name before he was Santa Claus is. Chris Kringle. It's a German word. Does anyone speak German in here? Chris Kindle. What does that mean? it means christ child christkindl is german for christ child and he changed his name to chris kringle to take something that's supposed to be about god and secularize it again and so we're here today in 2013 celebrating christmas with different forms and fashions that were used by the church that were came before the church that were were straight away from the church What's the purpose behind this holiday for you? We see that it it didn't start out as a a Christian day, but it was transformed into one. And then it was transformed out of a Christian day and back into one. And today, by and large, it's not a Christian day again. But will you transform it back into a Christian day? And redeem it. How will you celebrate it? How will I celebrate it? Why will we celebrate the things that we do when we honor the birth of Jesus Christ? This time in the Advent is to bring and to focus on His coming. His first coming and His second coming. In your bulletin today, there was little pamphlets with scriptures. Scripture reading you can use to read and do devotions throughout the Christmas time I I think they were in there if if some of them didn't have them there'll be a stack on the outside but you can use those in your devotions to help focus on what we should make Christmas about is it wrong to to celebrate and to have a tree some people say yes you know I think we just need to put our focus in the right place because you can put your focus on the wrong place in a Christian holiday and it's wrong and I think you can take any day. We don't raise one day higher than the other. we That was some of the reasons that some people stopped celebrating Christmases. The superstitious elevating of days to be more holy than another day. So we're not saying it's more holy, but will you honor and worship the one who is holy? And take the time to think about and to celebrate and to reflect On what Christ's coming. His first coming and his second coming means. The first. Week was. Hope. There's so much hope. In the coming of Christ. And this week. It would be love. We focus on. God's. First. Encounter with us. He wanted to have relationship with man and he created Adam and Eve and he walked with them he didn't just want animals or just angels, he wanted man because he wanted to have relationship with him the Bible says that God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day what a great picture of relationship with God but we know that sin came in and broke that fellowship and communion and so Jesus had to come in To restore that fellowship and communion. But why did he come? Because he loved you. The Bible is so clear. The verse that all of us know. And many unsaved people know. And at least have seen at football games. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. It's all about. His coming is all about his love for you. His love for me. He loved us. And so we came. And when Jesus was here, in his first coming, he talked to his disciples. And one of the greatest things that he taught was to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. After walking with Jesus, his disciple John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, summed up everything with just love. Love one another, love God. And even outside of the church, love is that thing that is still about Christmas. Caring for one another, being kind to one another. More acts of kindness and feeding the poor and giving gifts and clothing happen at Christmas time. Because there's something innate, something inside that says it's about love. How will you spend the holidays? Hopefully not being overwhelmed. Going broke. Wondering what to do. Hopefully it will be with family and friends. Those less fortunate. In the name of Jesus, bringing his love to them. To one another. It's sad that during holiday celebrations, more fighting happens. I don't know if that was the case in some of the homes The pressure's on, the meal needs to be cooked, and the fights break out. Can we push that back and exude the love of Christ? Matthew chapter 1. the Christmas story, starting in verse 18. Goes like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together and she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. We see the hope in there. They were waiting for their Messiah. The people of Israel were waiting. They had hope that somebody would come and save them especially under the rule of Rome. It was a, a dark time for the Jewish nation. And they had hope and Jesus comes onto the scene. But what happens next is the opposite of this week's theme for the Advent. Because so what happens next is Herod the king, an evil man. He's a, really a puppet king. He hears that the king of the Jews was born and he cannot stand that. And so he desires to kill the baby Jesus. Hatred, fear, and because he can't find specifically Jesus, he wipes out every male child two years old and under. Jesus came into the world to bring hope and love, peace, and joy. And the enemy strikes back immediately with anger and hatred and discord and fear. But we push the enemy back because Jesus wins. And in him, those who are in him win. All those in Christ have the same victory. We're more than conquerors in him. This season also should be a focus always is a Christian, but this season is another time to focus that he's coming again. But those who are not in Christ don't have anything to hope for. There is no joy coming for them. There is no peace. Love, joy, peace, hope are found only in Christ. For you this season, for your neighbors, for your family members. Celebrating the first coming of Christ should remind us that he's coming again. And it's wonderful to get together and celebrate with believers. In our life groups here on a Sunday morning in your home where you might be full of doing devotions and reading the Advent stories as we do in our home. What about your neighbors, your family members, those you work with? Do they know of Christ's coming? Do they know of God's love for them? The best gift you can give to anyone is Jesus. The opportunity... For them to know the Savior that you know. The opportunity to have the hope. That you know. In Christ. And to feel the love. That overshadows your life sometimes. You know those moments when. The Spirit of God just. Overwhelms you and you. You don't just know that you're loved but you. Feel that you're loved. What an opportunity to give. To. To. A brother, sister, somebody who lives down the street. All because God loves you. He loves them. We love him. And so we need to love one another. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. First Corinthians talks about the definition of love. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord and love your neighbor. It's wrapped up in the season. It's wrapped up in, in God. So it doesn't matter where the celebration of Christmas has come from and how it evolved. I think what's important is what are you going to do with it today? What will you do with it this year? We have a tree. We enjoy decorating it. But will we put Jesus first in our home? And we lift him up? we continue to teach our children? Will we be bold enough to reach out to our neighbors? Some of you love to bake. It's a great time. Instead of a family member this year or somebody of the same group, go to somebody down the street. Give a simple gift of something that you bake or make and give Jesus. Help them to know the God of love. He didn't come to rule and reign in our lives. He came to give us life and life to the full. As we continue on each week, building on understanding the hope that we have As Christians, too many places you go, you you. I'm hearing the same message, boy. It's getting rough. Times are getting tough. I think the end is soon. That should give us hope, not fear. He's coming again, and we'll be with him forever. We have hope, and we know that we're loved. As we continue the celebration of the Advent, we can begin to have, look forward to His coming because He loves us with joy. And it finalizes the last week before Christmas with peace. And I tell you, that's what we need in these times is God's peace. Father, We live in a in a world that's different than the one I was born in just 40 years ago. Where people are trying to remove you from every aspect of the public arena and eventually they'll try to remove you from the private arena. God, I thank you that no matter how hard anyone tries to They cannot get rid of you. I thank you for your presence, for your advent, your coming. Lord, that you stepped into time and split it. That you came and brought light to a dark world. Lord, we've celebrated in one fashion or another that day. Lord, I pray that we would see you come again through your church. We know that you'll come again in glory and take us to be with you. But my prayer is that you would come to this dark world through us. That our light would shine because you've changed our lives and you've given us a hope. Because you loved us, that we would go into the world as a light. And help those that don't know you understand your love and to know it. Lord, I pray that right now whatever issue, difficulty, anyone is going through in this room, that right now they would know your love. And they would know your presence. God, you would comfort us. God, comfort especially those that this season isn't joyous. Maybe it's full of sadness or regret or loneliness. I pray twofold, Lord, that one you would personally visit and comfort all of those. But Lord, I also ask that you would stir us up as the body of Christ. To be you incarnate. To go and. Comfort. To be with those that are hurting or alone. To help us to love them with your love. I thank you that you chose. To come into this time. To this world. And that you visit each and every one of us personally still today. That you sent your Holy Spirit to walk with us. So as we continue on in this holiday season, slow us down. Help us to see you. And focus on the real reason for celebrating Christmas. Your love for us. Our love for others. As we think about buying gifts, I pray that that would be what motivates love. Not competition, not obligation, but love. As we join together with people in parties and situations in the season, help us to see them in a new light and love one another. Come with care and affection and love. And we thank you, Lord, because we cannot outgive you. You gave your greatest to us. Father, walk with us today. Throughout this time, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. See you Thursday night. If you didn't get.